can have the best website. It's not going to do much if you don't, if you're not going to pick up your phone when it, when it rings, if you're not going to answer back the emails within 24 hours when it comes in, you know, those are the things that really will make a break. It's all about relationship. It's all about focusing on the customer and just people and just really caring about the results that you give to them, you know, as a business, as a service provider. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, this is Adam, and thanks very much for listening to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, as you're here, I'm assuming that you're looking for ideas to help you win new clients and grow your business. Otherwise, you'd probably be looking, listening to a different podcast, right? So look, while everything that my guests and I talk about can work if they're done properly, there are some growth strategies that are meant for different businesses at different stages of growth. So they're not necessarily all suitable for everyone. Problem is, like, how do you know which ones to use for your business? Well, that's why I've created the Business Growth Stage Scorecard at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard. This will measure you against three key accelerators of growth and identify the solutions and action steps that you can take specific for the stage that you're in right now. So all you need to do is answer a few simple multiple choice questions that will take you less than four minutes to do. So go to thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard and discover the right growth strategies for your specific stage of business. Okay, let's get back to the show. Welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, obviously, your website can be one of your most effective marketing tools, but only if you use it properly, because unless your site actively generates leads and inquiries, you're wasting a lot of your time and money. And sadly, this is exactly what's happening for so many service-based businesses with their website today. It's become a cost. It's not a business asset that's generating a return on investment in, in the form of those inquiries and those leads. Instead, what, what a lot have is, is a website that's a little more than an overcomplicated online brochure. They give their visitors like eight gazillion different options to choose from. They're not clear in the value that the business offers, who they serve. And let's be honest, a lot of websites, they just shout about themselves. So the majority of visitors, what do they do? Well, they leave and they're never to be seen again. And that really doesn't need to happen if you really understand what your website is there to do. And that's why I'm really, really excited to be talking to my guest today, because he spent over a decade helping his clients to unleash the true power of their website, build a strong online presence that leads to growth. Now, he's a web designer, a branding expert, and the founder of Mellow Multimedia, where he builds brands and websites for business owners that are an asset, not a cost. And basically, this guy knows how to build a website that acts like a 24-7 salesperson and helps take your business to the next level. So if you want to know how to do this with your website, I'm sure you're going to love my conversation with today's expert, Melvin Figueroa. So Melvin, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Adam. I thank you for inviting me on the show. I've listened to a few episodes and I just love what you've been doing with the show so far. So thank you again. Thank you very much for uh, those kind words and, uh, and yeah, joining me today. So online brochures, what are they about? 
Uh, well, you know, the thing is, I, a lot of times when I, when I work with clients, uh, I use the term online brochure. When you think of an online brochure, what do you think of? You think of a paper with three, three little sides to it, back and, you know, front and back to it. And uh, a lot of times, uh, it's just a bunch of information. It doesn't do anything. You just do it as a checklist, as a, as a thing to do, basically. Everybody who has a, web, a, a business, meant to say, um, you know, they know they have to have a website. And so they just treat it like a brochure. And that's kind of where that term comes from. Yeah, I love the term and it's it's something that I've I've used myself in the past to try and explain that yeah, a brochure has a part to play within your marketing mix and part of the client journey, but it isn't necessarily the first thing you want to throw into somebody's hand and say, "Well, look, this is what we do. This is who we are, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Mm-hmm. Because there is a client journey and there is a path that somebody takes on their way to making a buying decision about whatever it is that you actually solve. And if you're literally putting a brochure, which is literally saying, this is who I am, this is what we do, this is how long we've been in business and all the credibility things that you need further into the journey. But if you're giving that up front, it's really, it's not going to be working very well for you. So how do you help your clients rethink the way their website is actually designed to be part of that client journey in that marketing mix mm-hmm. yeah and, and the thing is like how we we're talking about the word you know brochure people the thing about a, a brochure and a website is that a website is dynamic it's always changing it's always evolving it's always adapting to the business climate or your clients or you're always refining it it's never really truly done and with the brochure you know it's something that's static it's like you print it it's done and you give it out to people and so when people uh do websites they need to think of it as a dynamic sales tool as something that's always going to be changing and refining and gearing more towards that target audience of that business. And so that's kind of like, you know, the big bulk of it really, just that mind shift of it being a dynamic uh, tool for your business. And what do you mean when you say dynamic, like always shifting all that kind of thing? Uh, Well, one of the things is just understanding who your target market, that's like the number one thing is understanding who your current clients are or who are the clients that you're trying to go after and really um, understanding that target base. And so one of the things is before even designing a website, you really got to think about the strategy of the website, like what's the content that's going to be on it. And one of the things is, um, you know, building things like social proof that that actual target audience cares about. Because if you put, you know, a bunch of different companies that you worked with, but that audience doesn't know about it, it's not, it's going to be a miss for them. And they're not really going to, you know, it's not going to build enough social proof the way that you want it. And there's stuff like that. There's also um, video testimonials, regular testimonials, just building a lot of social proof. But then also putting yourself in, in, the, in the shoes of your, of your client, you know, and, and building the website in that way. So um, it really starts at understanding your client base and building the website for them rather than uh, talking about yourself and how many years you've been in business, you know, what kind of woods do you use and how, how the aging process for 50 years until it's finally carved into a cabinet or, or whatever it is, right? You know, and you just talk about yourself. And so one of the things is actually what I call the spotlight method. And so who's the spotlight on? Is it on you or is it on your customer? And so that's like the biggest mind shift when it comes to websites is really diving deep into the target audience. I, I love that example, that that idea of the spotlight method. I've, I've not heard it described like that before. I think it's fantastic. And also, I've I've worked with a lot of web developers, designers, and all the rest of it. I think you're possibly the first that's ever discussed the importance of knowing your ideal client beforehand. So how did you how did you get to this stage of that understanding, and then the ability to then sort of put that into how you help your clients? Because it's mm-hmm. it's it's not always common amongst the uh, the design world. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the thing is, like, the, the, how I got to that was just, I, you know, I've been creating websites for such a, a while now, you know, over a decade now. And I found myself just creating, like I said, like brochures and just creating, like, basically just whatever the client wanted to put on the website, I would just make it look pretty and put it on the website. And I found, like, time after time, you know, it wasn't really doing anything for those businesses. And I'm like, I was thinking and also taking a bunch of, like, input from different people that are in the field of, like, how they construct websites. I just started taking bits and pieces and applying it to, to what I do. And I started seeing instantly, almost instantly, like seeing the needle turn for these businesses when you really focus on the strategy first, because there's a lot of web designers. There's a lot of people that can make a website look pretty, match your branding colors and all that stuff. But what really is the bread and butter of a, of a website is really moving the needle for them and, and you know, getting more clients and, and really understanding the goals of that of that business, you know, cause every business is different. Every goal is different. You know, sometimes they want to be able to, you know, have a better uh, intake process, you know, for clients, you know, maybe they want to focus on customer service, you know, maybe they want to um, push a particular product and make that relevant, you know, for throughout the entire website, you know, making that clear, concise call to action on the website. And so once I started doing that and implementing those strategies, I just instantly saw results coming in. I've been doing that like ever since. Yeah, and, and it's so true in terms of understanding. Yeah, first of all, thinking like the fish, not the fisherman. That's that's my central ethos around marketing. It's understanding your customer and ultimately your customer or your client is your boss because they they pay for your services and they pay for the wages mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So if you're not set up to be customer-centric, mm-hmm. then it's going to make things very, very difficult. So thinking about being customer centric and specifically around your website or even or even maybe the the, the branding term and and I almost use uh, inverted commas with that because yeah the word branding has different connotations to different people but what's the importance of 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 being consistent with how you present yourself from a design perspective um well one thing like you mentioned branding and branding uh, specifically you know, making everything consistent. Cause if, if you have, you can have the best product, the best message, the best everything, but if it's the way that it's packaged, the way that it looks, you know, uh, the way that the logo is, the way that all the marketing collateral is across the board can really, it can really just disqualify you from even having somebody look at your company, you know? And so I typically look, when I work on a website, I look at the whole entire brand of the company and I see, you know, all right, do they need a logo? Do they have a branding kit? Do they, um, are they presented in, in a professional fashion for people to take them seriously? Because um, a lot of times like with small business owners, what I notice is that they try to do everything themselves. They try to save a dollar, try to do their own website, their own branding. But then really what it's doing is that you're actually hurting your business and you're losing opportunities that you're not even aware of that you're losing because you're not branded properly. You know, and me and my wife, it's a funny story. Uh, we live in Florida. We actually just moved here from Rhode Island. And uh, we, we, you know, we're looking at different restaurants and we're looking at different places, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's when you're, when you're in, you know, about 28, 29 years old, that's kind of what you do. You kind of become a foodie, but uh, you know, so I, I, and then the kids come along and that just puts everything out of the, uh, of the window and you just sort of eat whatever is in the cupboard. (laughs) Basically. So (laughs) when we go out, we look at, you know, these different restaurants and my wife told me she's not even a designer. She's not even a branding expert, none of that stuff. You know, I kind of like talk to her every now and then about that. But we go by this restaurant and it's literally this little placard that says, you know, I forgot the name of the restaurant. And the plaque was like super cheaply made. The logo, everything was super cheaply made. But what does that tell the consumer? You know, when, when, when your products are like that, when your logo is that way, 
you know, if you don't even have a quality logo, how can I trust that you have quality ingredients, that you have a quality process in creating your food? Yeah, that's an example of losing a qualified lead just because of the way they are presented to the public, you know? Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And um, I've, I've, I've had a similar conversation uh, with my wife and my wife is actually a graphic designer as well but mm-hmm. I have the same thing when it comes to things like takeaway menus you know the things that get the flyers that get put through your doors and all that kind of thing yeah and I've just got this thing that when they put photos of the food and there's first of all there's a massive library of, of options and all the rest of it but then they put photos of the food which just look bad <laughs> <laughs> and it's and, and and it just as a as somebody in marketing and this kind of thing I, I look at that and I just think, who on earth thought that is a good idea mm-hmm. to first of all design it, then actually print it, and then put it through somebody's door in the hope that that would actually generate yeah. potential. Nobody business. said anything apparently. <laughs> yeah. And some of it looks like it's been done on, uh, you know, on a kid's computer, but mm-hmm. that that does it hurts. Um, it, it surely hurts the brand and or, or the yeah. business, and you know, especially in that area. Mm-hmm. restaurants takeaways all that kind of thing there's so much competition and you've got to do something that really makes you look different and yeah if i can add real quick one thing um that really like what i've noticed make the best websites is when you're actually collaborating with the business owner himself because the thing is i'm you know i'm a designer but i don't know your business like you do and so the best websites are the ones that you collaborate with the business owner and i've come across a lot of business owners where they want everything hands off they don't have the time they don't have this they don't have that but the best websites are the ones where you collaborate because nobody knows your audience like you. Nobody knows like your business like you. And so when you work together with a business owner to create a website, because I'm coming in with my marketing expertise, uh, you know, the behaviors of the internet and how people use the internet, the psychology of it. And then with, with the business owner's expertise of their business, it just marinates to this perfect blend. And so those are like the, I just wanted to add that real quick where it's like a lot of collaboration is, is really recommended if you want a good website that affects your business positively. Absolutely. Because I mean, that is the thing with marketing. Um, There is a a level of expertise that somebody will come with that will be specific to a general idea of how things work. But you have that knowledge of your client, your customer, how your industry works, all that kind of thing that has been built up over years. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you help the, uh, the, the you know the, the the partner that you're you're working with, whether it's a website, whether it's you know anything else, to try yeah. and put all of that knowledge and experience into that collaborative process because it is it's your business. You can't yeah. abdicate the creation of something to somebody else because they won't they won't necessarily capture your voice. And interestingly, do you find there's also sometimes a struggle the almost on the flip side where somebody can get so married to an idea. They want mm-hmm. a specific look or a specific feel, and you're looking at it and going, "This is just wrong." Yeah, uh, that's that. That's a difficult conversation. I've had I had a few of those. How do you help someone sort of see that this isn't necessarily about you? It's again, it's about your client. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, well, I, to be honest, if I could be a hundred percent transparent with you, it almost happens like every time. <laughs> every time I work with a client, they always come with like all these ideas, all these different things, which is it's great but they have to have the willingness to mold a little bit of their ideas and flexibility of, of that idea. Because at the end of the day, like the way that I work through that is I basically create, um, what is the point? What is the purpose of everything? Everything has to have a purpose, whether it's a logo, you know, what is the purpose? What is the client? What is the audience that you're trying to, 
to attract, right? That's when it comes to a logo. When it comes to a website, what action do you want the person to take on your website? Everybody should have a main CTA and CTA just stands for call to action. And what was the action that you want the user to take on your website? Uh, a lot of times I see websites where they have, you know, sign up for my email list, you know, sign up for this group, join the Facebook group, and so many different things that can overload the person on their, um, that, that's viewing the website. And so I, one thing that I always do is I, part of the strategy is mapping out what is the goal that you want people to do on this website. And they can come with all their ideas, but if it doesn't support that goal, then they almost disqualify it themselves. I don't even have to really push them down or do anything like that because at the end of the day, what people want is they want more money in their pocket. They want their business to generate, you know, a couple more commas, a couple more <laughs> zeros in their, in their bank account, you know? And so that, that's really what matters at the end of the day. And so I'm hired for that expertise, you know, of understanding the behavior and how people have really short attention spans when it comes to the internet. And so the same thing goes for what action you want them to take. And so I always create a map and outline and take always, that's almost like the Bible. That's like the navigation that we, we built, we do everything. We refer back to that. Like, does it meet, meet this goal, you know? And so that's, that's like pretty much how I would handle it and how I, how I do actually. So thinking about that goal, that goal is going to in general be bigger maybe than, than, than what a website on its own could achieve. And obviously with, so many options around now with social media and multiple challenge uh, channels and all that kind of thing. Your website is one part of you know, your your online digital footprint. So where do you see a website fitting into that? And in order not to overwhelm people, mm -hmm. where would you start? And then how would you sort of start to create that? Yeah, honestly, I would take like the first step would be to get yourself branded, evaluate your brand. Does it need to be redesigned? You know, have you found issues with it? If you try to put it on a billboard, does it get all blurry and fuzzy when you put it on a billboard? If you put it on a pen, does it, is it noticeable? Is it distinct? Is it unique? Is it memorable? Does it convey the message to your audience, right? And I think that's really the starting point is answering those questions and seeing if you need a logo because the logo will dictate like the style of everything that your brand touches. And then secondly, the website, um, the, the, the website, the way I like to think of it is like the plate right? And you can put all these different things on the plate. You know, you can put carrots, you can put peas, you can put mashed potatoes, you can put whatever you want on it. But if you don't have a plate, you just look like a fool carrying all these potatoes and mashed, mashed potatoes and peas in your hands. And so like the peas could be, you know, going really hard with, uh, with Twitter and, and LinkedIn and all these different things. And, you know, the mashed potatoes could be, uh, you know, uh, doing SEO or doing something like that. And really all those things are good and they all work. And my advice is always to be consistent with whatever marketing strategy you use, but you got to have a website because even people that are listening to this podcast right now, they're going to either go back to your website. They're going to go back to my website. They're going to go back to all the different places and it, they always go back no matter what strategy you use. And so you really got to have a website that, that has, that takes the customer through a journey to point A to point B with a simple call to action you know, and so I would really, uh, before you do any type of marketing, digital marketing at all, you should have a website and you should have a logo because you're, you're almost cutting like half of your, your results in half if you don't have a good website or yeah. if you don't have a website at all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I love the, uh, I love the analogy of the plate. I'm just trying to get the, the, <laughs> the image out of my mind of what happens when you add gravy into that equation without the plate. And you know, that just, again, it just gets messy. Yeah. And What's the importance, do you think, of having that consistency of look, feel, message, et cetera, going through every single one of your channels? And then on the flip side, 
what is the negative impact of not having that? Yeah. Well, the thing is like people, you know, it's 2019 and people know a bad logo when they see it, you know, they can tell if it's stock art or if it's just a random logo, it doesn't make sense for the brand. Um, and so the reason why like the, the branding is so important is because it's the easiest way to build trust. If you are just branded properly, you gain trust automatically just by being branded across everything. And the thing is too, like one of the benefits is that um, I haven't seen this before where like the website looks one way because they use the template or something like a WordPress template. And then they, you go to like the Facebook page, that logo, that look is nowhere to be found. It's different colors, different everything. And it just, sometimes it makes the, the user just think like, is this even the same company? Like, is this like a whole other company that you go out of business? Is this a new venture? Is it like, you don't even know because it's so spilled all over everywhere, you know? And so that's kind of like, you know, one of the benefits that you get is that you, people trust you automatically or it's, it's an easier barrier to gain trust when people see that everything's branded properly. Like imagine going to a law firm and like, you know, you're about to pay them tons of money and, and uh, you know, you trust in them with your case and all that, but they're like just branded all over the place. Like you don't really know if that person's taking their own business seriously. And some, that might be a little bit of an exaggerated example, but, but you, those little indicators pop off in our head, like in our, in our psychology. Yeah, mind. I've I've heard it described as as almost like your logo is like your handshake. Yeah, and the and it's like having a, a you have you can have a strong handshake, you can have an, an overly strong handshake that's overbearing, or you can have a weak handshake and that says something about you. But if you've got the right one that just is consistent and all the rest of it, then I don't know. Maybe it's not the greatest analogy, but it's the same with your logo. It's it's having that consistency and that recognition, and that slowly mm-hmm. over time people they recall it they remember who you are and yeah. yeah you become recognizable so as i as i've mentioned my my wife is also a graphic designer and and yeah she's yeah, she has a lot to say on the importance of getting it right and just out of interest what's your opinion on these design uh, contest site websites all that kind of stuff uh, how do you see that affecting the industry um i think it's good if you're trying to get like different ideas you know uh but it's um for how it affects the design industry, I think for like a business owner, like I mentioned, it, it, it gives them different ideas and they can kind of look at a lot of stuff quickly, you know, if the, if the business owners don't have time. But um, again, like if the strategy is not involved, if they don't know the target audience and all that stuff and, and it's not in place, that ends up just hurting the business. They get a logo that looks nice, but then doesn't really speak to their demographic that they're trying to go after, you know. It's a hard conversation sometimes to have though, isn't it? Because yeah. on the face of it, an untrained eye like goes, well, that looks quite nice. That'll do. Mm-hmm. Whereas what do you think people are missing by not necessarily having something designed, whether it's a logo, whether it's your, you know, your overall look and feel mm-hmm. with the strategy in mind in compared with, you know, just grabbing a logo off of a stock site or or a contest site. Yeah. One thing is that you don't know if that logo is like being used somewhere else. If it's just a copy and paste type of thing, change the colors around. That's one thing that I'd be kind of wary of. The secondly is also, um, you know, the different, like depends also just how the file is delivered. Like, do you have a scalable file? You know, a lot of those uh, sites, they don't give you the source file. So then you're kind of stuck with like this PNG that's like rigid and it's a certain size. And if you were to blow it up, and like I mentioned before, putting it on a billboard, it gets all pixelated, it doesn't work. Or if you try to put it um, like on a flyer and it just doesn't lay out properly, it just looks clunky. And so when you have a, a logo that's designed just for you, you know that it's First of all, it's a unique web. I mean, a unique logo. Um, it's also distinct. It's also memorable, and it also speaks to that demographic. And so, I think 
they just uh you don't have that flexibility of doing whatever you want with the logo you know you don't you can't put it on certain things you know you're kind of limited in, in the, just the overall use of it absolutely so let's say somebody has gone down the path and they've got their website professionally designed and it's all looking good it's not the field of dreams though is it it's not a case of if you build it they will come so mm -hmm. how do you personally for your business what, what what have you found are some of the best ways to uh, the marketing term is drive traffic but get eyeballs on that website and uh, make people aware of your business and essentially attract that interest using your new asset that you've created which is that website yeah um well you know it's true. Like if you, if you build it, they won't come, <laughs> you know? So you do have to have some type, that's part of the conversation that I have. Like, do they already have an audience? A lot of like bigger companies already have that following. And so when you redesign the website, you can almost instantly see the, the results of, you know, positive impact in their business. But there's a lot of business owners that don't have any traffic, just a startup or something. Um, so they want to get traffic. And so I just, I don't really uh, say to stick with any particular like, I don't, I don't say really, I'm not really fond of any particular like marketing method. I'm more fond of a marketing method that you're consistently going to stick with because they all work, you know, and whether if you do Facebook ads, stick with Facebook ads, don't pull out, stay with that, you know, stay with that and, and don't, don't move anywhere else. You know, uh, even if you don't see the results coming in yet, just whatever marketing method you use, just be consistent in it. Um, also there's SEO, which is really good too. Uh, but also too, like you have to be consistent with it. You don't see results until for at least best case scenario, three months, most case scenario, six months, you know? And so really even, you don't even have to do an online uh, marketing method. You can actually just go out to networking events. You can just go out and meet people. Um, you can pass out business cards. You can uh, just use social media with no ads and just be consistently posting to the audience that you currently have. You know, so there's so many different ways and I don't think none of them are better or worse than the other. I just think that, you know, you just got to be consistent in those, in those methods. And I see like a lot of times somebody will boost a post on Facebook and then there'll be no traffic or no sales or anything on their website and they get upset, but it's, you just got to be consistent in whatever you choose and also stacking some too. Yeah. Could not agree more. And yeah, you are you are preaching to the choir in, in, in that regard in terms of the most the only silver bullet or magic bullet that there is out there to uh, to grow a business, attracting clients. It's it's to pick something that, you know, you can do consistently over time because mm -hmm. it's not you might hit it out of the park at the beginning. You might get lucky, but it's actually sometimes worse to be lucky at the beginning because you don't know how to repeat it. Yeah. Also, too, I just wanted to mention that like like I, the stacking part where. Me personally, what I do is I try to stack like a short-term marketing method with a long-term marketing method. And so with like short-term, it could be like, you know, doing Google ads or it could be like doing Facebook ads while also doing SEO and waiting for the SEO to, to continue to like grow and, and bring in those results and then eventually knocking off the short-term um, marketing method and, you know, swapping for another that may be working or just do, if you have the budget, doing both at the same time always, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because... Yeah, we everybody needs to build and maintain a pipeline, but at the same time, you know, in the in the short term, but at the same time, if that's all you're doing, you're constantly having to fill it up all the time. Whereas if you're doing, you know, at the same time where you're you're concentrating on that longer term asset, mm -hmm. then you are building, yeah, longevity into uh, into your marketing strategy and and also your you know your potential for future growth. But the longer term stuff, it doesn't. <laughs> the, the clues in the name, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it um, does. 
and you need yeah that combination of both so yeah i love that example of stacking and, and having that short term with the um with the long term um so yeah so how how are you at the moment what is okay so i'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you what your short term and long term uh focus is on uh, for your own business Okay, you're speaking in marketing wise. Yeah, so uh, for, yeah, you're a service business. A lot of people that are listening to this podcast um, operate a similar type of a business, whether it's you know in, in the in the web design or marketing space, or you know it could be financial advice or accounting or something like that. They're all looking to attract clients to them. So I'm always interested to know what's working um, or what you've decided to to focus on and what's working for yeah. you. For you. Uh, well, me, my own personal strategy is really, it's twofold. So <laughs> the long term is really um, doing stuff like this is meeting people and uh, doing what I like to call influencer marketing. Uh, influencer marketing, I really think is the future of marketing. And a lot of people are not really hip to it yet. And some people are just kind of thinking it's like a fad or a trend. Um, but really, no, I think it's the future of marketing, really. Uh, what influencer marketing basically is for people that don't know. It's basically when you... Um, go on somebody else's audience that has an audience that is um, an audience that basically can, can uh, gain value from what your expertise is. And so what that does is that it automatically builds trust. It builds authority. It does a whole bunch of things. Even uh, there's even SEO uh, perks from it too. Um, so there's so many different things. So uh, influencer marketing, you can do it through YouTube. You can do it through uh, Instagram. You can do it through podcasting. There's so many different ways. Basically all you're really doing is just getting in front of an audience um, you know, and just speaking your expertise basically. And I think that's really, that's my long term, And that's, that's really, um, you know, I think the future of marketing. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't agree more again. It, it's, yeah. uh, you mentioned some of those, uh, you know, options, the tools and everything, but it could be as simple as, as standing up in front of a room full of people. Um, exactly. A, a large event, small event, local event, meetup group, all that kind of thing. You are constantly positioning yourself and having people en masse, you know, even if even if it's ten people a room, that is still delivering a message at scale mm. compared with doing it one on one, and it's yeah. a it's a tactic that's as old as time. Yeah, and not only that too, but like even that room of ten people, those are ten engaged people that you want to be speaking to. I'd rather speak to ten people that's my in my target market than to a room of a thousand people that are completely not in my target market at all. You know, because you don't know who's behind those ten people either. Yeah. And those are more what they call qualified leads, you know, so it's something really important. And then also too, just to, to, to end this point also is uh, my short term method is also just going out to networking events and just doing it in person. And the reason why I do that is because I like to meet people and, you know, and I find that once you meet somebody face to face, it's a relationship, you know, and once you have a relationship, you know, like I said, you build trust and you build, um, you know, a working relationship with that person, you know, and so I, I'm always doing those two things. And, and also, you know, I, I tend to stack a couple of things, but also like, you know, social media because, you know, it's free. Right. So there's a lot of people on it using it. And so just using a social media platform that makes sense for your business. Mm, absolutely. And what I think is really interesting about the two examples that you've given is you've stacked it, but you're, you're sort of stacking a similar skill set. So it's not like you're reinventing the wheel. You, you, you're kind of obviously with a short term and the networking, that's the in-person. It's a conversation but you're stacking that with a longer term thing, which is, again, it's having conversations, getting to know people, building relationships and, and adding value, but just on a different either different channel or a different platform. And I think that's a, that's an interesting, yeah, it's, I don't know whether you've done that on purpose, but 
it's actually a smart way of doing it because sometimes people think, right, well, I've got to do one thing over here and then something totally different over there, which requires an entire yeah. investment of understanding how it all works and I've got to learn it all and all that kind of thing. Whereas actually, yeah. it's the same skill set. You're turning up and you're having a conversation. Yeah. And it's just a think- different way. I think that's also like what the core of marketing really is. Good marketing at the bare minimum. It's, uh, you know, building relationships with potential customers. And if you focus that in your marketing, then you're not, you're going to reap so much reward from that. If you focus on relationships and I, even like when I build websites and all that, um, I even talk to like business owners about what's their onboarding process, because you can have an awesome website with all the right content, all the right everything, but if they don't have a good onboarding process for their customers and really have that customer service, then it's gonna fail. Like you can have the best website, it's not gonna do much. If, you don't, if you're not gonna pick up your phone when it, when it rings, if you're not gonna answer back the emails within 24 hours when it comes in, you know, those are the things that really will make a break. It's all about relationship, it's all about focusing on the customer and just people and just really caring about the results that you give to them, you know, as a business, as a service provider. Yeah, and, and I, I have a term that I, uh, I use, a strategy of conversational relationship marketing. Mm-hmm. The way I see it, especially if you're in a service business and, and what you do is potentially high risk, high investment, you need a lot of trust in it. Then yeah. the, the key thing your marketing is there to do is start a conversation that has the opportunity to start and build a relationship that will get to a point where there is that trust that is required mm-hmm for somebody to actually make a decision and, and, and choose you. And yeah, yeah, what you're doing is, is, a, is a great example. Um, being here is a, a great example. You're exposed to a, a new audience on a, on, a, on a different side of the pond as well. So it's, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's the beauty of doing this and it's why I love doing it. Um, it's why I love having this podcast, doing other podcasts and doing you know, so many things that essentially it's the same thing. Turning up, having conversations, yeah with someone that you can either add value to, do business with, or potentially collaborate with. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is too, like you and I, like really what we're doing is becoming partners with these businesses that, that we come in contact with and we do work for. We're not just, you know, uh, I'm not just a web designer. You're not just a marketer. You know, we're, we're collaborating with you and literally becoming almost like an in-house team to get the same goal, you know? And and when you look at the relationship that way, it really changes the, the dynamic of, of everything, you know? Yeah. where you're really trying to be an asset, not a liability to the company. Yeah. And it's, as you say, it's relationship, not transactional. And mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you're looking for a, yeah, uh, any kind of um, provider, whether it's marketing, web design, anything else, that's got to be one of the key things to consider is, am I entering a partnership with a business that cares as much about my business as I do? Or am I entering a transactional relationship where I'll just get a bunch of deliverables and they'll say, thanks very much. Um, see you later. Mm-hmm. And the difference, and that's what I think is the difference between, say, um, the, the 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 kind of design contest sites and all that kind of thing, as compared with yeah. the type of business that that or, or the value that you guys provide and the type of things that you do. That's the difference. You've got someone that is literally sitting on the same side of this table as you, yeah. not someone that's just going to sort of take your money and go, "There's your stuff." Um, you know, come back soon. Yeah. And also too, something I wanted to know about that, it just popped in my head was, um, you know, looking, when you're looking to hire somebody, like look at their case studies, like look at what the results they've done for past clients, you know, and, and that should really just bring down, you know, the walls a little bit and have you trust that service provider, you know, it's just looking at their past results, seeing do they have a proven method that actually works. Like have they worked with other people and, and done the same, the same thing, you know? 
Absolutely. So Melvin, if, if somebody wanted to uh, to check out your case studies, those sort of testimonials and, and see the kind of things that um, you help people do, um, the best place to go would be your website to start? Yes. Uh, you can reach me at www.mellowmultimedia.com. Mellow spe- spelled uh, M-E-L-L-O multimedia.com. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes um, to to check, uh, yeah, go and check that out. And um, yeah, is, is there a specific type of client that you, you help or, um, you know, what, what what's a perfect client for you? And uh, yeah, how, how can you help them? Yeah, um, well, the main uh, target that I usually work with is usually people who are service providers. So if you provide a service and not really a tangible product, that's kind of like my core focus. Um, but I've helped all types of customers from uh, right now I'm working on with a financial planner. Uh, I just finished another website for an author, you know, so I, I kind of work in a lot of different ways. It's the same principles, same process. It's applied through all different types of clients, but really what I find myself uh, really diving deep with and really actually just have a, like a, a grow really fond of is working with like other service providers. Awesome. So yeah, if, if that sounds like you and uh, yeah, you, you think your website could do with a, um, yeah, a bit of a refresh or, or you're look you're listening to this and thinking, hang on, my, my website is like an online brochure. I need something radically different. Um, check out Melvin, um, get in contact and, uh, yeah, see, uh, see what his, he and his team can, uh, can do for you and transform, yeah, transform your business. So Melvin, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I, I could talk for, for a long, long time about, um, all of this <laughs> sort of stuff. Thank you ever so much for joining me. Likewise, my friend. And make sure, yeah, you check out Melvin's website. Is there anywhere else to connect with you? Do you use LinkedIn, Facebook? Yeah, you can uh, You can use, um, you can actually go to uh, youtube.com forward slash Mellow Multimedia. And you can also go to linkedin.com forward slash Mellow Multimedia. Those are the two places I'm pretty active in. Melvin, thank you ever so much. And all that's left to say is happy fishing. All right. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.